The Right Gear, Episode 2, Windows Tablets. What's new from CES 2016? And hey, do Windows tablets make good writing gear anyway? Hello, and welcome to The Right Gear on Hologram Radio, a new podcast for writers that's all about the stuff we use to get our job done. From computers and apps to pens and journals, this podcast is here to explore it all. And not just from my perspective. There will be conversations with all types of writers and authors about the tools they use and how to use them. Who am I? I'm Kay Tempest Bradford, a science fiction and fantasy author, freelance journalist, and media critic. Back in 2008, I started writing about mobile technology for a living and have spent the better part of the ensuing years playing with, evaluating, and writing about laptops, tablets, accessories, smartphones, and a ton of gadgets you've probably never heard of and you don't want to. I'm also a major journal aficionado, and I'm super particular about my pens. Last week, I talked about the most interesting laptops to come out of CES, the yearly consumer electronics show. This week, I'm taking a look at the tablets announced at CES, and I'm going to talk about whether Windows-based tablets are useful tools for writers. So last week, I mentioned the Lenovo Yoga 900S convertible laptop slash tablet and its active pen capability. Active pen means that there's a layer of technology embedded in the screen that communicates with a pen or a stylus, and that allows that pen to be very accurate when you use it. This is different from the kind of stylus that you can buy in like any Walgreens store and that works on any touchscreen. Those are not as accurate. I always feel like if a writer is going to get a tablet, they should probably get one with active pen capability. Aside from the Yoga 900S, there were several actual tablets with styluses at CES. What's newish about that is that all of them run Windows 10 now and not Android or iOS. The majority of the tablets that were announced at the show are 12-inch tablets and not 10 or 8. For some, that may defeat the whole purpose of having a tablet because you might want to reduce the size and weight of what you've been carrying around. However, if you want a tablet to be a productivity companion and not just a thing you play games on or read with, then you already need a keyboard and then you have a de facto laptop. Still, it's a laptop with more diversity of functionality and you can leave behind the bits that you don't need. Of the many Windows tablets on offer, few inspired or impressed me. I really wanted to like the Toshiba Dynapad because uh, that company often creates really good pen and tablet experiences and I've liked many of Toshiba's other tablets in the past. But when I read Brad Linder's impressions... My excitement flew right out the window. He didn't have much good to say, and he also points out that the Dynapad runs on an Intel Atom processor and only goes up to 64 gigabytes of internal storage. So it's slow, and the storage is small. Nope, sorry, moving on. Just as with the laptops last week, the most impressive stuff actually came from Lenovo. I'm really intrigued by their ThinkPad X1 tablet. Like the Microsoft Surface, Lenovo wants you to think of it as a full PC in a tablet form factor. It has a 12.5-inch display with a really high resolution and, get this, a 3.2 aspect ratio. So if you're not a display nerd (laughs) and you don't know what a 3.2 aspect ratio means, that's fine. It means that it's not as wide Uh, and elongated as a typical laptop screen, but more similar to the shape of the iPad. In fact, it's about the size of a piece of letter paper. It's uh, 11.45 by 8.25 inches. 
And that is going to maybe make it more comfortable to use as a notepad or to use as marking up manuscripts with a pen. And yes, it works with a pen that actually fits into a port into the tablet itself, so you won't lose it too easily. The other intriguing thing about this tablet is that it's adaptable. Lenovo came up with these attachments called modules that are meant to expand the X1 tablet for specific tasks. There's a productivity module with an extra battery and HDMI out cord and a USB port, I believe. A presenter module with a projector built in. And this 3D imaging module with a camera that can sense depth and measure things. It's actually pretty cool. But of course, the one I'm most interested in is the productivity module because of that extra battery. However, you don't need to use any of the modules to use the tablet. You will want to get the keyboard cover. It's made to be as much like the best ThinkPad keyboards found on laptops as possible. And remember, last week I talked about that, about how fabulous ThinkPad keyboards are. So it's meant to be, you know, as close to that as possible, but very, very thin. It even has one of those track point thingies. So the reviewer at TechRadar, who did a hands-on with this device, said of the keyboard cover that Lenovo naturally nailed it. Save for the angles, typing on the ThinkPad keyboard feels nigh identical to how it does on, well, a ThinkPad. That's pretty good news. They mentioned that you can type at a comfortable angle, regardless of whether the module is attached, and the modules add a bit of height to the device, so that's a really good thing. They did, however, say that they found attaching the modules to be a bit of a chore, or at least a far cry from snippy, simply snapping on the keyboard cover. That only becomes a problem if you plan to change out the modules a bunch. But if you plan to just stick one there and leave it, this is not likely going to bother you. Now, as cool as the X1 tablet sounds, there's one major thing to consider, and that is the price. Starting at $900, this tablet ain't cheap. I haven't been able to determine if the keyboard cover is included in this price or not. And I also saw conflicting information about whether the pen is included in that price or if it costs $50 extra. And if you want the productivity module for extra battery life, it'll cost you $150 more. And it's also not clear right now what the internal storage or RAM size is for this base price. So there's a lot up in the air. However, we won't have long to wait before the reviews come out along with all of these details, and I will keep an eye out and post a review roundup on the Right Gear blog. Even if the ThinkPad X1 tablet is as fabulous as it seems to be, is it a good tool for writers? Is it any tablet a better tool than a laptop? Or at least a good substitute or a secondary machine? The answer to those questions is going to vary and is different depending on if you're talking about Windows tablets or ones with mobile operating systems like iOS or Android. I'm going to tackle the iPad and Android tablets in future podcasts because there are a lot of things to consider when talking about each one. So this week, I'm just going to focus on Windows. Windows tablets are attractive because they promise the PC experience, well, the laptop PC experience, in a thin, light, very portable package slate thing. Use all your usual programs right on the screen. Turn your handwriting into type text. Carry it everywhere. These promises are pretty true up to a point. Most tablets worth looking at run on Intel Core M processors. And I mentioned these last week. They're powerful enough to run the average program. So you're going to be fine using Scrivener or Word or your favorite browser, a lightweight image editor, stuff like that. Anything requiring more power is going to run slower than average, especially if the tablet only has four gigabytes of RAM in it. And guess what the base standard is right now? Mm. If you want the tablet as a writing tool, then you're going to want a keyboard attachment or a Bluetooth keyboard to go along with. And once you've got that, you're probably almost at the weight of a lightweight laptop. Why not just have a laptop? And for those of you out there thinking, but the on-screen keyboard, Tempest. 
Remember, we're talking about Windows tablets, not the iPad or Android. I mean, I do have some issues with those who say that the on-screen keyboard on their iPad is suitable for typing anything longer than a tweet, but that's a different episode. In general, mobile keyboards, they're useful for screen input. But despite it being several years since the touch-friendly Windows 8 came out, Microsoft still hasn't created an on-screen keyboard that's as good as anything on Android or the iPad. The Windows 10 one is better than the one that was on Windows 8, which was atrocious, but it's still not even good as the keyboard on the first iPad. So you then might say, but what about writing on the screen? I did say that you should get a tablet with a pen if you're getting a tablet, right? Okay. And I will say I enjoy writing on the screen in specific situations. I still take notes by hand. I like to work out my scenes ahead of writing them. I find it easier to visualize if I like draw some diagrams of stuff. I'm also a writer who can't do revisions without sitting down with a printed version of my story and marking it up with a pen. I've done this on a tablet with a stylus and in some cases the experience has been really similar. However, doing actual writing by hand, mm, it's still not 100% there. Handwriting recognition has gotten way better in the past few years to the point where you don't need to learn like specific ways of writing letters as you did back in the Palm Pilot days and you don't have to have super neat handwriting even. Microsoft has a handwriting recognition keyboard built into Windows 10 and it works. You just can't write fluidly with it. Recognizing the words you write can take time, especially if the processor isn't super fast. You can write three, five, seven words and run out of space in the little input area and then you wait for the writing to become text and then you can keep going. And I'm not saying you have to wait a long time. You wait, you know, second, milliseconds, whatever, but you just can't keep going the way you would say on a piece of paper. There are some apps that allow you to write a whole virtual page by hand, then select that and turn it into text. And that's better. But at some point you still have to stop and do that. And you also have to edit because the hand recognition is going to get a few words wrong. If you write science fiction or fantasy and you use made up words, the recognition engine might mangle them or assume there's some other word that's actually in its dictionary. Sometimes if it doesn't find the word in the dictionary, it will recognize each letter and then just present that as a word, but it might not do so consistently. And if you use non-English words, be sure that the dictionary for that language is is in the recognition engine because it might not be. So we're not at the point yet that you don't need an external keyboard at some point if you're using the tablet as your primary PC or as your primary writing tool. And so I say again, is there any reason to get a tablet over a laptop or a convertible machine that turns into a laptop or a tablet like the Lenovo Yoga? Actually, yeah. I mean, it is pretty cool to be able to mark up a manuscript on the screen. And Microsoft Word even has a pen input feature for that purpose, as do other office or productivity programs. And as I said, I like having a place to write notes and sketch out ideas. And I like the idea of having it be digital so I can carry around one less thing. Another advantage is that a tablet can lead to a more ergonomic setup. You should be aware, if you aren't already, that the optimal setup for computing is a screen that sits at eye level and a keyboard that sits right where your hands naturally reach for it at about elbow height. With laptops, this is only possible if you get an external keyboard and then put that laptop at eye level and that works just fine. But then you have a keyboard attached to your thing with a keyboard. With a tablet, you can set up a stand or a mount at home and put it at eye level and then use a Bluetooth keyboard right where your hand should be. And then you could take that same keyboard and tablet off with you to other locations. You might not be able to put the tablet at the optimal level out in the world, but at least on your home turf you can, which can make a huge difference for your neck and back. And that is a definite pro. One last thing to consider is this. Windows tablets, especially the best ones, and especially ones with stylus input, 
can be expensive, more expensive than a comparable laptop in many cases. And to get all the stuff you need with it, such as a keyboard and maybe even the pen, you have to spend more money. Keep your budget in mind when you think about the wonders of tablets. This is not going to be the last time we talk about tablets, let me assure you. Uh, In future episodes, I'm going to delve deeper into apps that uh, accept pen input and handwriting recognition. We'll talk about the best Bluetooth keyboards. We'll talk about specific tablets that I've tried and liked and tablets that other writers have tried and liked. And like I said, we're going to talk about Android tablets and the iPad and all that stuff. If you're interested in any or all of that, then you should subscribe to this podcast. We're on iTunes and several other podcast services, which you can find if you go to the website at www.therightgear.com. There you'll also find links to the writing gear I mentioned in this and other episodes and down the line we'll have videos as well. If you have questions about Windows tablets or other writing gear, you can always ask them by tweeting me at writegearcast. W-R-I-T-E again, or you could go to facebook.com slash the right gear, or you can find me in Google Plus. All of these social links are on the website as well. And if you want to follow me personally, you can head over to ktempestbradford.com for links to all my social media endeavors. Thanks for joining me for this second episode of The Right Gear. The next podcast will be an interview with author and playwright Andrea Hairston, winner of the James Tiptree Jr. Award and the Carl Brandon Society Parallax Award. Also, she's a seriously fabulous person. You don't want to miss that, so subscribe. I'm K. Tempest Bradford, and I challenge you to write an entire novel using an on-screen keyboard. Ugh. Good luck! The Right Gear podcast on Hologram Radio is written and edited by yours truly and produced by Head Hologram Alex Knight. Our logo was created by Ashley Emma Onstott and made colorful by Hologram Michael Norton. Our theme music, Kill Your Darlings, was composed by Steve Combs. <laughs>